This is Doing Translational Research, a podcast from the Bronfenbrenner Center for Translational Research in the College of Human Ecology at Cornell University. Hello, I'm Carl Pillemer, the director of the Bronfenbrenner Center for Translational Research, and I'd like to welcome you to the next podcast in our series called Doing Translational Research. And in this series, we talk with researchers whose work aims to create new scientific knowledge, but with real-world implications, often in partnership with agencies and practitioners. So it's a chance to see how translational research occurs up close and personal, so to speak. Uh, And my guest today is Dr. Anthony, or Tony Burrow, who's a developmental psychologist and an assistant professor in the Department of Human Development at Cornell University. Uh, He is the director of the Purpose and Identity Processes Laboratory. We'll probably hear something about that. And most recently, he's the founding director of the Program for Research on Youth Development and Engagement, or PRIDE. A hallmark of this new PRIDE Center is involving the 4-H Youth Development Program in basic and applied research. Uh, And Tony's research focuses on topics related to youth purpose, identity processes, and race-related experiences encountered by uh, ethnic minority adolescents and young adults. And, uh, and Tony's also a colleague of mine, in full disclosure. Uh, well, so welcome, Tony. Thank you very much uh, for the invitation to be here. Well, it, and it's great to have you. Uh, as you know, we have a set of questions that we like to ask our guests, and usually we deviate from them a bit. But let me start with the first one, and that's for our listeners. Uh, you know how you would summarize your main research interest, or another way to think about it is what's a key question or questions your research tries to resolve? Okay, sure. Um, At its broadest, uh, my interests center around the concept of purpose in life. And I think under that umbrella, there are probably two distinguishable lines of uh, research interests that captivate me. The first is thinking about where that sense comes from. So how do people develop and cultivate a sense of purpose? Or what are the pathways by which people take to find their purpose in life? And I think in that line of work, uh, it lends itself to asking questions about the definition of purpose. What do we mean? So if we think about people developing this sense, well, what exactly are they developing? And so uh, hopefully in a little bit, we'll have a chance to talk more about definitions or the defining characteristics. Uh, But a second uh, line of research interest that I've also been involved with is thinking about uh, what purpose does for those who found it. So compared to those individuals who haven't even begun to consider uh, their future directions or for whatever reason may experience some obstacles or challenges to finding it, uh, what does life look like to those individuals who found their sense of purpose? Or really, what, how do they experience their world in terms of their thoughts and their feelings uh, with this sense as opposed to without this sense? And as you mentioned, as a developmental uh, psychologist, I think a shroud that I wrap around both of those questions is, in particular, uh, what does this experience of purpose uh, look like, particularly for young people? Uh, so much of the existing and past work on purpose in life has been done with adult Uh, populations. I've been really excited about thinking about purpose uh, prior to adulthood, so particularly uh, adolescents and those transitioning to adulthood. So that's sort of a a primary uh, interest for me. Well, thanks. And it was just occurring to me as you were talking, 
Why is it so important for young people? Is it more important for young people, or is the issue particularly salient for them? I think it's a wonderful question. Um, I think, at first blush, it might be difficult to reconcile something like a sense of purpose from what we typically think about young people. Um, to imagine adolescents and emerging adults as those who are really concerned about the future and other people, perhaps, might run counter to the sort of typical narrative with, of young people. Uh, but I think when we think about um, youth development as something that is oftentimes uh, studied and explored through the lens of challenge or struggle, uh, emotional turmoil, or social developing social relationships and navigating difficult uh, relationships with peers and with families and, and parents and so on and so forth. Um, it might be something like a sense of purpose that becomes particularly beneficial to people who are grappling with some of those issues. Uh, and to give you a little flavor of what I mean is, um, when we think about defining purpose. What do we mean by having a sense of purpose in life? Um, we can begin with what I might consider the scientific definitions. Uh, by that, I simply mean definitions that are open to modification. So a sort of testable hypotheses. If these are, if this is the way we're thinking about purpose, then by doing research, uh, we can identify, does this definition need to, need to be modified at all? And we look at the scientific definitions of purpose. Uh, I'll give you two to kind of give you the flavor of the, the, the landscape here. Uh, one definition is that a sense of purpose is a self-organizing life aim. So by this, a purpose is sort of a future direction. It's something that I'm striving to do. And by pursuing it, I have sort of a way of finding out more about myself um, and, and sort of applying resources that are available towards meeting that particular life aim. Um, another definition that's widely available in the scientific literature is that purpose is an intention to accomplish something that's both meaningful to you and the world around you. So what both of those definitions share is that it's a prospective aim. There's something out in the world that you're going to go pursue and, and go try to accomplish. But where they diverge a little bit is that one definition, purpose is sort of contained within a person. It's your perspective aim. It's your mission. And the latter definition is that by pursuing it, it's of benefit to the world around you. So it's pro-social. So when you think about those that distance between those two definitions, we can ask questions about would there be any benefit for a young person to cultivate that sense, that sense of direction that they're, one, thinking about tomorrow, they're thinking about their future aims and pursuits, but also they're thinking about other people and their place in the world. And for young people, again, this common narrative that young people struggle to sort of reconcile a sense of identity and who they are and negotiate relationships with other people, it may emerge clearer why a sense of purpose could be beneficial to them. You know, I wonder if when you talk to people about a sense of purpose, is their reaction always starting to wonder, gee, do I have a sense of purpose? Because now you've got me thinking. Uh, of course, yeah. it's a common question. And I think that's why I started by talking about a scientific definition. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, I think it's clear that purpose is such an interesting concept to people because it's both familiar it's something that they've used a lot. We hear it in media. We, we use it in our everyday conversation all the time. And yet it's somewhat unfamiliar. By asking people to define it, it looks like it means something different to everybody you ask. And the people, of course, start to wonder what their sense of purpose in life is. Um, I think at its core, though, um, by starting with a scientific definition of purpose, we can ask questions that are leveraged against those definitions. And then, again, because they are by design testable hypotheses, we can go back and revise 
need a purpose have anything to do with other people? Is there any greater benefit? Is there any purchase to having a purchase a purpose that is pro-social versus not? And then we can sort of use our scientific precision to kind of say, what is then the ultimate definition of purpose? Uh, that is extremely interesting. And, it, and in a way, uh, your discussion of these kind of lay versus scientific definitions leads me into our, our next question, which is I know that especially in recent years, you've moved out of the laboratory to a certain extent and have started to work with uh, community providers, cooperative extension folks, and that kind of thing. Um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about your experience of working with stakeholders in real-world contexts and what that's been like. Sure, I'm happy to do that. Um, I have recently taken on a position as director of PRIDE, which is the Program for Research on Youth Development and Engagement. Um, it's a somewhat new initiative here at Cornell in which we're trying to create settings and opportunities and tools for campus researchers to get more involved translating the work they're doing into county and community uh, settings uh, to folks who are already doing good work with youth, uh, trying to build partnerships so that the folks who are actually working with youth and those who are studying youth are having more conversations and more interactions. And as director of that program, I've sort of been wearing two hats. First is to sort of oversee at an administrative level a, a range of projects that get youth uh, connected uh, uh, researchers doing uh, re research with youth, connected to the scholarship and the sciences that inform the work that, that folks are doing. Um, but I've also, uh, under a different hat, a researcher hat, um, been trying to implement some of the work that we're doing with purpose in my scientific laboratory um, in the communities in which youth live. And that's been a really fun, interesting, and challenging endeavor. Um, in part from what you mentioned a second ago, that um, the notion of purpose can seem somewhat daunting, um, uh, ethereal, if you will, in some ways to people. And what part of my task has been is to try to translate what we mean by purpose, this prospective aim. Because a lot of times those folks working with youth uh, may not use the word purpose. But when we have a conversation and we can unpack it, we realize that maybe we're after the same kinds of things, that folks who are working with youth to develop some skills, some competencies, what they have in mind is getting young people they work with to think about tomorrow and think about making investments mm -hmm. in future outcomes. And so it's been a really rewarding and positive experience, but also for us, it's been really important to sort of think about purpose not just as a basic research question, but one that has some real utility in the real lives of young people. Yeah, it sounds like you've enjoyed working with community practitioners. I mean, I, I, I'm just thinking, I'm not sure if this is a question that's easy to answer, but what led you to sort of move outside the laboratory? Was there, because I'm certain there are challenges too, and it's time consuming, I imagine, and uh, we have to work with their schedules and around, uh, you know, practitioners' goals. I'm, I'm sort of curious as to what that day-to-day -day experience has been like. Um, so that's a really interesting question. It might be worth a bit of an excursion to go back to talk a little bit about how we even came to this uh, sort of interest in applying our work in this way. Um, um, a few years back, I was working on a community gardening project. And the goals of that project were really about uh, community skill-based training for young people. This was on the south side of Chicago. Um, getting them to think about making investments in the communities in which they live. And one thing I noticed um, amongst the young people that I was interacting with, and these were um, middle school students, 
is that they rarely use the word tomorrow. They rarely, they rarely use language that spoke about anything that wasn't in their current environment. And I started thinking about uh, the, the change in the vocabulary simply by engaging in this gardening project as they essentially were making investments by planting, literally planting things in the ground that they could not see but then talking about what they expected to happen downstream. And so it was there that I started thinking, you know, this construct that we've been grappling with in our laboratory and asking questions about might have real utility in people's real lives. If we can sort of help people find terms to think about if I'm planting something, I also have to have something in mind about the, the harvesting season and the time to sort of sort of reap the, the, the products of what we've sown here. Um, and so from that perspective, there was an immediate appeal to me to take the work that we were doing in the laboratory and find people who are already investing in young people in this way and seeing, can we sort of create new bridges to, to looking at this work? And if all of the benefits that we're finding in our laboratory with a sense of purpose are there, if they're real, we should be able to measure those things in real life with the youth that we're interacting with. You know, that's such a good insight. And even though I've read some of the work on purpose, it just hadn't occurred to me that it's a way also to think about people having a future orientation. So it seems like a really a powerful tool, too, in cross-cultural research and other issues. Um, well, let me ask you, and I think you've started to touch on this already, but when you think about this general area in which you do research, uh, if there were something that you would really like the general public to know uh, about this area, like what are a couple of things that you would most like them to understand about this area in which you work? Sure, that's a great question, and one that I'm happy to talk about, um, especially given the work that we've done. There may be a couple of things that I would want more people to know about. The first is, is that purpose is, in fact, something that an idea that young people can grapple with. It is something that has utility for young people. Again, it may fly in the face of our sort of common traditional narrative of youth development as people who aren't thinking very much about their future. But we've shown time and time again that young people not only think about and define purpose in ways that are consistent with adults, but the content of their purpose resembles adults' purpose as well. So they tend to think about things that they want to go pursue that are much look like the things that adults would, would nominate. So first and foremost is to think that this is not an area that is anyway off limits to thinking about young people. Um, it may need a little bit of work around the, 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 the labels and the wording, but with enough time and sort of uh, delicate interaction, I think it's something that, per, that youth can certainly uh, grapple with. Um, the second thing is, is to try to push back against this idea that purpose is uh, fodder for the haves versus the have-nots. Is We oftentimes, even in our own research sometimes, um, talk about purpose as an important individual difference, as if there's people out there who spent their life cultivating a purpose and those who simply have not. What I find very interesting is that in a lot of our work, we show that even brief opportunities to consider one's purpose, just being asked the question to reflect on what your purpose in life is, sometimes those opportunities warrant and elicit the same type of reactions you would find in people who have sort of a lifelong purpose. So there seems to be a real power in just creating a small space to consider one's purpose that resembles what you might think by sort of lifelong investment in it. And so you don't need to sort of have a, a deeply profound life experiences to rely on. Sometimes it's just being asked the question that elicit some of the same real positive benefits of purpose. Oh, that's great. And our last and kind of uh, the $64,000 question or whatever question it used to be, 
is if there were a real world change that you could make. So something could change in the real world in terms of policy or how people live their lives. Um, is there something that, uh, based on your research, that you could extend to say that you would like to see happen? Um, if I could flip kind of the previous question on its side, I would answer this question in the way that I think it would be well worth our time to think about the barriers that we create that limit people's opportunity to cultivate purpose. Um, sometimes just in that moment of being asked the question, one of the most profound things we found in our research is particularly with young people. Um, we do our studies, we ask people to consider their purpose very briefly or to write about it or to vocalize it, is after those studies finish, I couldn't tell you the number of times uh, participants in our studies say, you know, I've never been asked that question before. Um, or when I think about teachers who have so much interaction with, with, with young people in, the, in a classroom setting, um, you know, they focus so much on things like testing, right, or performance on some particular task without thinking of the broader framework and the real utility of getting students just to open the day each morning with thinking about their purpose and how that may actually enhance engagement. There's research, of course, to support that reflecting on purpose makes engagement with new information more a richer experience for people. So I think if there's one thing I would suggest is that we all, maybe even talking to adults in this particular conversation, but thinking of the adults who create spaces and, and curate spaces for young people what are the barriers that we may be imposing or building that actually limit opportunities for young people to consider their purpose and try to break down some of those barriers and cultivate opportunities uh, for young people to consider their purpose? It may pay real big dividends downstream. Oh, that's terrific. And I hope actually some of our listeners may take those ideas and try to put them into practice. Well, it's been a tremendous uh Pleasure having you uh, um, here with us and also to hear a little bit about your journey from the more basic research side into some of these kinds of applications. Uh, and thanks for joining us. No problem at all. Thanks again for having me. For more information about translational research or the work of the Bronfenbrenner Center, please visit www.bctr.cornell.edu.